Hello, uh, this is Dr. Lyle Berkowitz, uh, the Editor-in-Chief for Telehealth and Medicine Today. Uh, we have a special treat today. Uh, we have authors from one of our recent articles, and we're going to be doing a fireside chat uh, to dive in a little more deeply uh, to some of what they learned. Um, these authors all currently work for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Office of Connected Care Quality and Training Division, uh, and they're responsible for expanding uh, access to care for all the veterans uh, through virtual technologies. Um, uh, they wrote an article uh, that was published in our January issue called the VA Video Telehealth and Training Programs during the COVID-19 response in which they talked about their lessons learned and having to quickly ramp up education, training, tracking, et cetera, um, to make sure all of their providers were prepared and ready for the onslaught of, of telehealth that came. Um, and with us today, uh, I'm going to review our authors, or Dr. Rhonda Johnston, who is the Director of Quality and Training, Rita Cobb, who is a Training and Outreach Lead, Claire Marty is the Quality Management Lead, uh, and Padriac Patty McVeigh is the Quality Manager. So I have a couple of questions for all of you, uh, and we're going to start with Rita. Uh, Rita, can you tell us what was going on with telehealth at the VA prior to the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, and particularly, yeah, how are you, you were onboarding and, and training, educating, et cetera, folks, how many doctors were you training? Um, how much telehealth was going on? And what was the baseline that you started with? Sure. So thinking about before the pandemic, that's an interesting question because VA has been doing telehealth for over 20 years. And if we even looked back three, five, seven years before the pandemic, we would have had already a robust infrastructure in place to deliver care to veterans. So I'm going to look at the year before uh, the pandemic, which is 2019. We were rapidly expanding services in that year. Telehealth was a major strategic priority for us. And so we had over 900,000 veterans who had received care, um, part of their health care from telehealth. And that translated into about 60% of our primary care providers and our mental healthcare providers who had done at least one or more visits with patients in their home using telehealth. Now, that's a great number. Those statistics are wonderful, but we still had some issues getting people to buy in to using telehealth. Um, some people didn't feel comfortable troubleshooting the technology and didn't want to frustrate patients with it, and others just really didn't believe they could deliver the same quality of care without the patient being in their same physical space. So, Having a really strong foundation in place to, to meet those needs made a really big difference to our clinicians and our providers, and it made an even bigger difference to our patients. And, yeah, and the VA is well known for being far ahead of the, 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 the rest of the nation with respect to telehealth, which is great that you've had that base. And really quickly, how do you define telehealth? Uh, there's, of course, a video care, which is, I, I think, I read a third of about the 900,000. But does that also include phone-based care, asynchronous? What's your definition of telehealth? So in VA, telehealth is really care at a distance. And it does include, um, you know, in the beginning, we did include telehealth um, Telehealth did include telephone care, but we're really looking at it more um, as both asynchronous and synchronous care. So we, we have care being provided um, in real time, like we are right now, and then we have care being provided where images or data 
are being sent back to other specialty type providers for review at a distance. So um, we have a lot of different types of telehealth services going on in VA. That makes sense. So Claire, um, tell us some of the tactics you used to, to ensure that your providers were able to do these virtual visits. Um, and you know, was there a, a separate training for sort of onboarding those who'd never done it? Was there new training for those who had already been doing it? Um, and then how did you measure uh, the results? How well people were doing um, with these, uh, you know, doing what was I'm sure an enormous amount of telehealth visits. Um, another good question. And so, as you might expect, really optimizing the use of telehealth has been a major strategy or tactic in the VA for a long time. And we wanted to make sure that that care was ongoing during the pandemic. So in March of 2020, our VA leadership issued guidance that all providers needed to transition to in-person care as appropriate. Um, from, or from in-person care to virtual care is appropriate. So there was really a high level backing to move to that virtual care for veterans. We provided technology to providers so that they could stay home and do their work from their home setting. Veterans also had access to technology. Um, as part of that strategy, we also um, have comprehensive training, which really is a foundational infrastructure to VA telehealth. Um, providers could um, learn how to quickly and effectively deliver clinical video telehealth. And there was um, a points where the quality and training division, we had to adjust the training to um, really meet those providers' needs. And as you said, we, we've had providers that have been doing telehealth for many, many years and some that are very new. And you know, you assume that the ones who've been doing it for a long time know exactly what they need to do, but many of them also needed refreshers. So there was some adjustments in the training that needed to be done. And our team really quickly made those adjustments so that the um, care could continue um, during the pandemic. So the um, courses that we have for providers, as you might think or would guess, cover a variety of topics, but um, the training team really found that um, consolidating that course into one course that was very effective of, to provide exactly what they needed, not, no extra fluff. Um, so cut down on the number and the length of the training that was um, really helpful um, for our providers. Yeah, I think that was a, a core nugget of the of the article, right? Was how you realized, yep, hey, yep. this is crisis. Let's let's condense this. Let's, Patty, you're you're in charge of some of the measuring how this is working. Tell us how did you measure uh, success? Not just yeah, I'm sure there was uh, looking at physicians' um, happiness, satisfaction with the training, but do you also measure how they're doing? And do you have to find some people need remedial training? Some people are doing better. Walk us through some of that. So we take a look at um, the quality and training team takes a look at all, all of our training courses on an annual basis. And we have a schedule where we take a look at that training uh, periodically throughout the year. And those courses that are either event driven or what we consider more critical are looked at um, on a more stricter time frame. So with this with these particular courses, we were evaluating them more frequently uh, to make sure that what we were providing was one meeting the need is and two uh, was uh, make that wasn't as uh, intrusive as you know, a three hour training 
um, as well as trying to now figure out how I'm going to see my patients virtually and I've never done it before, that kind of thing. Uh, so <clears throat> we basically just plugged it into our routine system and just monitored it more, um, um, more frequently. And we take a look at both qualitative and quantitative data. So we're looking at, you know, are they getting knowledge from the course? Is it relevant to their scope of practice? But also taking a look at open-ended questions. For example, the course was too long, or I didn't understand this question. It didn't correlate to the content. And then providing that to our um, a committee that we then evaluate these courses on who then either took action or said, we're gonna track and trend. And, and we then track that information to make sure that those items were being incorporated back into the course. Um, and not only did we use just the courses, but we have uh, also forums that we used um, to promote the positive experience. So this was an opportunity for folks who had additional questions to come to subject matter experts and ask about, you know, how do I do this? I'm getting stuck here, um, uh, I'm getting stuck there, et cetera. And what we continued to find is that through our processes that the learner satisfaction scores um, remained uh, above 90%, um, looking at all of those dimensions uh, and not just one particular item. Right. I love that you were able to get feedback and constantly evolve the course. I mean, that is, uh, that is definitely important uh, where I'm sure some people train the same thing they've been training for years. Right. Uh, now, Dr. Johnson, Rhonda, um, the article mentioned some challenges around the continued growth. I mean, you, your telehealth, I think, uh, went up um, many fold, obviously for all of us, and especially in, in the VA in the past year. Um, what were those challenges? What are you doing to address them? And what's your prediction for 2021 with respect to your volumes? I mean, is it did it peak and it's coming down to a new baseline? And, and how do you intend to change things because of that? Thank you, good question. So anybody going through that exponential growth that we, we were challenged as anybody would have been challenged. Also being the largest healthcare system in the United States presents its challenges just in its size and its capacity. From that, um, our growth went from about a thousand, um, thousands of visits a day to tens of thousands of visits a day. So the exponential growth was about 800% increase, which any, any system would be challenged with that type of growth. So where we were challenged most often was really getting technology out to our veterans, those that didn't have it, those that needed it, those that needed an update, also getting them trained and um, what we call um, video capable, as well as also our IT division, supporting our providers, getting them out from their desk um, in their offices to their homes, getting them out that was also one of our number one challenges. Um, the other thing is that we were also being sought from around the nation for our advice, our input, our training, um, Department of, of Defense and others were requesting support and guidance from us to say, how are you making this happen? Please help us with training, et cetera. One of the things we identified was a, a significant digital divide for veterans. Um, as I mentioned before, having the technology, understanding the technology, using the technology. We also know that across all rural communities and even urban communities, you have um, difficulty with technology as well as limited band, uh, broadband. Yes, 5G is coming, but our veterans aren't experiencing that right now. So um, those were some of our challenges. What we're doing right now is maximizing the use of our platforms. So improving our capabilities internally and externally to the VA so we can share. Also as Patty noted, using our analytics to improve our outcomes as well as our um, infrastructure and our training. 
And I'm sure a lot of people wonder, um, it sounds like you share this internally in other government agencies. Uh, are the training materials that you created in some way available to the public, to other doctors, et cetera? Absolutely. Um, we get requests on a daily basis um, to access to our training and how can they um, use the training. And um, we give it full willing to anybody who would like to um, use, adopt, um, accept the guidance, and we can see it being used uh, across the nation. Absolutely. Is that online or does someone have to actually email someone to request it? Um, actually, they can they email the request and then we get them access to the direct access to the platform as a guest so they can peruse the library now as well as the other 800 documents that help with guidance. Fantastic. Um, well, thank you for that. that. That is great. I think a lot of people are wondering. We, uh, you know, uh, I used to work in a big telehealth company. We would call that you know, training on website manner, uh, as, a, as I'm sure you probably use the term as well. And uh, there are differences from everything from how you react to how you do a physical exam online. There are a couple of interesting articles on that now as well. Um, and I think we'll start seeing also a lot of introduction of new technologies, devices to help with that as well. So let's do the following, uh, a round robin. So really just 30 seconds each on a couple of questions. I'll start um, with um, the, uh, a big one. What lessons did you learn from the past year that will really help you? Like what one key thing, one thing that you said, open your eyes and said, yeah, we're doing things different because of this. And we'll, we'll go in the same order. We'll start with Rita. Um, uh, what was your, your one lesson learned, major lesson learned you wanna share? that um, the pandemic isn't always negative, that we had providers and clinicians become well aware of the benefits of telehealth because they were made to use it to provide care to patients in this setting. Mm -hmm. And that was a, something we couldn't necessarily get them to do before the pandemic. So mm -hmm. that was really a good thing that happened. Yeah, no, no question. One of the winners of the pandemic, so to speak, is innovation, uh, particularly in healthcare. It, it pushed things ahead and, and made people think about 10 years. Um, Claire, how about you? I think the one thing I um, reflect on is that the foundation of telehealth within the VA really led to the ability to ramp up quickly. And so when you want to do something, you got to have that foundation first. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You, you all were ahead of the curve to start with. So it's, uh, definitely it must have helped a lot. Patty? I think uh, <clears throat> taking a look at the information in front of you, I think initially we looked at a lot of what the provider was saying as far as satisfaction, uh, and then really taking a look then at what is the end product or the end customer and taking a look at what the veterans were saying about the care that was being provided, and then using that information along with the provider satisfaction to drive how we um, do develop and, and change some of that training. Uh, and Rhonda, lesson learned. I have a couple of them. One is encouraging the local adoption and local expertise um, and using that expertise to help us fill those gaps and um, address any of the learning and or training needs that are out there. Also engaging the public and private partnerships that can help us bridge the digital divide and expand telehealth across the underserved communities is really key to our future success. Great. Um, okay, and one last question to wrap up. Um, what do you really want to see different done in 2021? If you could, if you could wave a wand, make something different, what would you change, uh, Rita? So I I would change that that telehealth is 
sometimes an afterthought and that I would change it to be that it's uh, part of the equation of care that you just think of it as one other tool in your toolbox instead of it being something special. That would mm -hmm. be something I would hope would come. Yeah, one, one of the, the themes that we've been hearing is that it's no longer telehealth, it's just health uh, as part of what we do. Um, Claire, what would, be, uh, what would be your magic wish? Um, I think that we really recognize when telehealth is appropriate for patient care and when face-to-face -face is appropriate, and also when telehealth is appropriate, that we really think about what the patient needs during that appointment to make a choice of what we're going to do. And follow up on that. Do you do any level of triage now, either by your call center or automated chat bot or um, other tools to um, help someone decide what is appropriate? The VA does have an um, extensive system of call centers for this pur purpose, but it really is um, the primary care and the mental health providers that need to do that triage. They're doing most of the appointments. And um, telehealth and face-to-face. -face. So I would say that, yes, call centers are part of the equation, but it really is the direct care providers that need to kind of think about how they're going to use telephone, telehealth, face-to-face -to, -face to make sure that they get the appropriate care to the veterans. Patty, your, your magic wish for 2021? You know, I think it's making the uh, connection between quality of care versus, you know, from a face-to-face -face perspective versus telehealth. You know, I think there's still some folks that feel that they can't do uh, or he or she can do or can't do via telehealth visit versus a face-to-face. -face. And I think that there um, is, a, is a lot of research that can be done to kind of bridge that uh, uh, concern. And I think that's, for me, would be the, would be the way of the, the 2021. Good. And uh, Rhonda, what's, uh, what's your magic wand do for 2021? I think I'm taking parts of pieces of what everybody else has said to this point is um, I would like to see telehealth integrated into the workflow of just, just care in general in terms of healthcare. Also would like to see more research, as Patty said, um, validating that there is no difference between telehealth or there's little difference between telehealth and face-to-face -face care. I think as we um, propagate that and promote that, um, I believe you'll see more usage of telehealth. So further research is really important and maintaining some subset of data collecting to substantiate that telehealth is, is providing the same outcomes. Yeah, and with the volume the VA has, I certainly hope that they're going to lead the charge on um, on some of that research. I know they've been doing it for years and and, and appreciate how much they've contributed to the telehealth um, uh, environment in general. Thank you all. Thank you all for everything you do for our veterans. Thank you for sharing that in telehealth and medicine today. And thank you for your time today. <laughs>